Well, we're turning today to Matthew's Gospel again and to the sixth chapter, Matthew in chapter six. We continue our look into the Sermon on the Mount. Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, Pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our father which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, Anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. We'll leave the reading just there and we'll give thanks to the Lord once again for his word. Let's ask the Lord's help as we consider these words together. Our gracious Father, we pray for a swift understanding this morning. And we pray, Lord, that we might get the central tenet of what is being said here. Uh, we pray, Lord, that thou was add unto that some comprehension of those things which are mentioned by the Lord Jesus and we pray father that we might be able to apply the principles which run through these things and we pray gracious God that as we seek to live our lives and as we seek after thee 
and as we seek to love thee with all our heart and to love our neighbour as ourselves, that we might do so in the light of thy glory and that we might do so before the Lord. We pray, gracious God, that thou was ministered to us now then and help us, Lord, as we consider the word of God to hide it within our hearts, to meditate upon it, and, Lord, that it might remain there for those days when we need to draw from the treasure of our hearts things old and new. Bless us then, we ask, and continue with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to use uh, words, some words which are repeat here, and they are found in the second verse uh, where we see these words. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And I want to think about the reward uh, and what the Lord is saying here. We're going to cover quite a a long tract of scripture here. So uh, we're going to be looking at the scriptures right down to verse 18 uh, because there are three parts to what Jesus is saying. Uh, We're not going into them individually in any great great detail, uh, but nevertheless, hopefully in the few words which are uttered about them, uh, we will gain some insight. So I want to begin by considering with you religious practice. I call it religious. Uh, religion is one of those things these days which is banded about as something which is bad. Uh, but it is a word which is also used in a secular sense often. People can be religious about uh, their breakfast every morning, religious about going for a run every week or every day or whatever it may be. It is something which is their practice. It is something which has become their habit. And this religious practice, of course, is that which we do to the glory of God. Secondly, I want to think about the righteous principle, uh, which is what Jesus is getting at here uh, in these things, I believe. And, of course, there is much more than I will bring forth from the scripture this morning. And then, finally, a revealed power. The religious practice comes in these three things. First of all, he says in verse 1, Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them and verse 2 therefore when thou doest thine arms do not sound a trumpet before thee the second is found in verse 5 and when thou prayest thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are and then the third is in verse 16 moreover when ye fast be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance i want to think about these three things first of all when we look at the first then we see this distribution And the distribution is the giving of alms. And what is it to give alms? Well, just note the words that I've just used and read again what the Lord says here. Because I've just used the words giving of alms. But the words of the scripture are when ye do your alms. And again in verse 2, therefore when thou doest thine alms. I think that very often the word arms, even if it's known in these days, is concerning what we give. So we sort of refer it to some gift or other. Uh, some monetary gift, of course, might be, uh, might be thought of. We know that the Queen has arms houses and that there is a day in which she gives arms to the poor. And that is the kind of idea that is given here with arms. But Jesus is not speaking about giving. He's, he's not talking about tithing. He's not give, talking about offerings into the sanctuary. He's not talking about even giving, particularly to the poor, but it doing alms. The word alms uh, is a work thing. 
It is not something which is just given. So you put your hand in your pocket, uh, take out some coins, or uh, perhaps if you're um, particularly uh, nice to people, some notes and put them into their hands. But it's a work. It is our life. It is how we interact with people. The word uh, is a word which has the cognate of mercy. A cognate is like the family of words. So, just take an illustration, uh, a family of words like very, uh, verity, veritable, verily, um, verify. These are all words which come from the same family. They are all concerning the truth. So that when you, uh, when you say something is very, you're saying it is truly this. It is very hot today. It's truly hot today. If you use the word uh, uh, verify, then you are taking something and you'll make sure that it is true. So all these words come from the same basis. The cognate of this word for mercy, uh, or this word for arms here, is the word mercy. And it's used uh, by the Lord uh, of, and of God. For instance, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, uh, this is just one instance, it's used all the way through the New Testament, but here is just one instance which seemed to fit what I want to say the most, and that is, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Rich in mercy. So when Christ here is speaking about the doing of alms, he is say, saying showing of mercy. It may be financial, but it may be also forgiving your neighbor. It could be uh, that it is doing something for your neighbor. It could be that it is having compassion upon your neighbor, caring about your neighbor. Any kind of giving from yourself, any kind of work which is done toward your neighbor is that which is being spoken of here. And the Lord Jesus says then concerning it uh, that we are to, <coughs> to do so uh, in, in secret. Now, that, that's a strange thing because how can you help your neighbor in, in secret? But what he's saying really is you don't go out and tell everybody that you did this for that person, you did that for that person. So that everybody says, well, what a wonderful person you are. That's, that's really what he's getting at. But we'll come to that a little bit later. So the first thing here is the distribution. It is the distribution of our grace and of our mercy to those who are around us. The second is, our, is a dependence. Because we see there in verse 5, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. <clears throat> First of all then, when we consider prayer, what is being said here? Well, it's speaking to the Lord. And we will probably come back to consider the Lord's Prayer itself. Uh, but the Lord's Prayer is quite interesting because there's only one part of it which actually is asking for something. Um, I suppose you could add, uh, and forgive us our debts, but give us this day our daily bread. And quite often prayer uh, for us is to come before the Lord and to ask for this or to ask for that uh, and to pray about this and pray about that. But here, this is a, a corporate prayer. Just note, note something uh, for a moment. And that is that in verse 7 it says, When ye pray. But in verse 6 it says, But thou, when thou prayest. Thou is in the singular. When ye pray is in the plural. It's not vain repetitions. And of course, here is a case in point perhaps. Uh, where people would, uh, in some part of the service, repeat the Lord's Prayer. 
And of course, you can repeat the Lord's Prayer over and over, day after day, but in the end, it becomes nothing. It's just something that you say. I often think the same thing applies sometimes to hymns. We get used to the tunes and uh, we don't any longer really notice what the words say. Uh, We just sing them through. They don't apply to us. Uh, There's no heart in them. There's no worship in them. They are just things that, well, we just sing them through. Which is why I like sometimes to sing a different tune to a hymn. If you sing a different tune to a hymn, then as long as the tune is known... uh, then you begin to look at the words and think about what you're singing rather than about, well, it's just the same old, same old. That's a good thing to do. But after this manner, Jesus says in verse 9, he doesn't say, pray ye our Father which art in heaven, but after this manner. The manner is a spiritual manner. The manner is one concerning our souls. It's not concerning the world. It is concerning the things of heaven, the glory of God. It is concerning how we interact with each other. Uh, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We might say that that is a part of the giving of alms when we are forgiving our debtors. These are spiritual things then which are being mentioned. The prayer then that we are to utter is not a vain repetition and also it is not to be something uh, if, if it is an individual prayer Uh, that is said in a way that everybody can see us. So he says in that situation where we go into our closet uh, and we close the door and we talk to the Lord and the Lord also uh, hears us. And we'll come back also to that. But it needs to be, uh, the Lord says, in in private. So the the privacy. Uh, We are with the Lord. And again, we have this this wonderful relationship with the Lord. This is what is being pointed out here. A relationship with the Lord. We are entering into our closet. There's no one else there. We're not praying before people. We're not mindful of people. We are seeking to have a communion with God himself, with the Father himself. We are seeking to deepen our relationship with God. And we find, I think... Uh, in my experience anyway, that that is the hardest kind of prayer. Where we actually separate ourselves from all and just talk to God. And there's nobody else there. It is a time where, where, where we put everything else aside. Like a kind of a mini Sabbath in the day. Where work stops, where we come into the presence of God and we speak to him. And then the third of these is devotion. Now there are two kinds, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, there are two kinds of fasting. Uh, There is the fasting which comes upon us because of uh, the trouble which is upon our heart. Remember what we read together in that psalm uh, of David, how that he said uh, that he forgot to eat his food. Um, It says there, my heart is smitten. Verse 4 of Psalm 102. My heart is smitten and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. And he says, um, by reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. And so there is this fasting which is uh, impressed upon us to such an extent that we are just brought low and we, uh, and we don't eat because we're coming into the presence of God to, to plead something before him. 
And then there is a fasting which is a separation and a control of, of the things of our lives, a discipline that we have so that we might know the Lord better. And that seems to me to be what is spoken of here. Because it says in verse 16, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. So they are setting out their appearance to men to say, I am holier than thou art because I have put away food for this time that I might get closer to God. Not like you who have got so many things in this world, you have no time for God. And it's, it's a show. It's just a show before the world. Of course, if it was the kind of fasting which David was involved in, where he forgot to eat his bread because of, a, uh, of his uh, complaint, then the Lord is not saying, be a hypocrite and, put, off, and, uh, and uh, put off your sad countenance and don't disfigure your face so that you appear unto men to fast. Because that would be hypocrisy, wouldn't it? Because you're feeling miserable, because you're feeling down, because you really have a burden of heart, because you're really crying unto the Lord, and it shows in your, in your uh, whole demeanor. And it showed in David's, because he said, my skin cleaves to my bones. So it was pretty obvious he wasn't eating. You, know, you see, the Lord is not asking for us to, to be all happy and joyful if our hearts are sad, but rather uh, all of the congregation, we are to mourn with those that mourn. And so we should come and we should bring uh, our troubles to the congregation. Let us all pray together and let us pray for one another. This is what we are told to do. We are to share our burdens. We are to bear one another's burdens. And that is what we should do. But this, this is not that, as far as I can see. This is seeking after the Lord. This is seeking to have a, a devotion before God. And in that... There is a discipline. And so putting away the bread and the things of life and taking time just with the Lord involves prayer, as we have already seen there in When Thou Prayest. But also here is this restraint. Here is the reading of God's word because we are seeking to know more about him. Here is the reasoning through God's word and with the Lord. The Lord says, come now and let us reason together. And we can come into his presence and pray over the word and ask the Lord what these things mean. And so we can grow in knowledge and grow in understanding and grow in, in uh, answers to the problems of life. And also a relationship. We are growing that relationship with the Lord. If we want to know someone, we need to talk to them. We need to hear them. We need to know things about them. We need to be a part of their lives as they need to be a part of our lives. And if we are to know the Lord in any great and deep relationship, if we want a closer walk with the Lord, we need to share his life as well as our lives with him. We are very good at sharing our lives with him and saying, Lord, I have this to do today. I have that to do tomorrow. But how often do we come before the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, what wouldst thou have me to do? What can I do for you today? And this kind of a fasting is that which causes us to walk closer to the Lord. And there is a deepening also of faith in that kind of a fasting, coming before the Lord and seeking his face, a deepening of faith. 
again, in my opinion, where the Lord uh, is seeking to cast out, or not just seeking, but casting out the devil, but that the disciples couldn't cast him out. And Jesus says, this kind cometh not forth, but by prayer and fasting. What does he mean by that? Is he saying, take this person who is demon-possessed, sit him in your midst, and make him sit there for a week, make him sit there for two weeks while you pray and fast? Is that what Jesus is saying? In my opinion, what he is saying is, you need a deep faith. And that deep faith comes through prayer and fasting. You need to know the Lord. You need to know the power of God. You need to know uh, that, that the Lord is with you. And that the Lord is guiding you. So that when you pray for such a one, you know that God is going to answer. Because God has told you he's going to answer. Remember Peter and John as they came into uh, the temple, uh, the beautiful gate, there was a man sitting uh, who was lame. And it says, and Peter perceiving that he had faith to to be healed, perceiving, he just walked past him and something told him that that man had faith to be healed. What told him? The Holy Spirit told him. He was walking with the Lord and the Lord was saying, this man. And so he goes to him. And he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. And so this deepening of our walk with the Lord, this kind cometh not forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And so we have this kind of a fasting here. So these are the three things, but there is a righteous principle to them all. First of all, the spirituality. These are spiritual things which the Lord is speaking of. He says three times in the scripture, uh, in verse 2 and in verse 5 and verse 16, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What reward is that? Well, it's the reward which they receive for men. That's what they were seeking. So Jesus says immediately before in verse 2, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Because men glorify them. And men say, well, you're a wonderful person as you do your arms. You're a wonderful person. And so that's what they sought. That's what they got. And God says, well, that's what you wanted. You have it. That's it. You don't need anything more. Then the second, in verse 5, it says that they may be seen of men. It's the same word as appear in verse 16 uh, in the Greek. That they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They do these things, they uh, pray on the street corner and in the, uh, in the synagogues that they may be seen. They are seen, and therefore that's what they wanted, that's what they got. God says they have their reward. That's, that's all what they wanted. And again in verse 16, uh, that they, again it says, and, uh, Be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast or be seen of men to fast verily i say unto you they have their reward they wanted to be seen they disfigured their faces everybody said oh i can see that person's fasting they're obviously very very holy and that's what they wanted that's what they got and god says they have their reward Uh, there's no more that needs to be done for them but this of course needs to be a spiritual relationship When we do our arms, when we are forgiving, when we are seeking to help our neighbour, we're not splashing that around before everybody and say, oh, look what I did today. 
but we're just doing it for the Lord. There is a spiritual relationship. Romans 8, 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And as the spirit works in our hearts, that we might give to others, that we might forgive others, that we might be able to strengthen others and encourage others and edify one another. We do it to the glory of God. We don't do it so that people might know that we do it. We don't want glory from men. We want the Lord to be glorified. And the Lord also will remember us. There is a spirituality about this then, a spiritual relationship. And this is what God requires. In John 4, verse 24, Jesus says to the woman at the well, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What is the spirit of our heart when we seek to live for the glory of God? And again, here in verse uh, verse 1 of this chapter, Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward. You have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So, again, the Lord sees. And if there is no reward from earth, you sought no reward from earth, you sought no one to know anything about you, they may find out. That's not the point, is it? It is what is in your heart. What is your purpose? When the Lord sees that you are doing it for his glory, then he does not forget anything. A cup of water given in, in his name is remembered. And the Lord's uh, uh, hire, the, the word here, the reward, uh, reward here is the word for hire, uh, that which the Lord gives. And those things will be returned unto us, uh, pressed down and running over. Then also, the righteous principle, not just the spirituality of it, that our relationship is with God, and what we do is for his glory and not for men's uh, consumption, but also the secrecy. In verse 2, verse 1, first of all, take heed that you do not your arms before men. And we might say that here is a kind of an overarching verse, uh, which overarches all three of these things. Because the arms, of course, are these mercies. They can be found in prayer. They can be found in fasting, seeking to grow closer to the Lord. But don't do them to be seen of men. Verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Why are they hypocrites? Well, the hypocrites, because they are saying, I'm getting close to God, when in actual fact what they're wanting to do is to get close to men. They are saying the one thing, uh, but they are meaning the other. And that's hypocrisy. They have a face before the world which seems to be good, but what they say they're doing before the Lord is not being done, and the Lord is not taking note of them. In verse 5 again, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And verse 16 again, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, 6 tells us, that the things that we do, we're not to do them with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, 
doing the will of God from the heart. We take these in reverse order and we say that this time that we spend in fasting before the Lord and seeking him, that is where these other things spring from. It is knowing the Lord that enhances our time in prayer. It is knowing the Lord that gives us that merciful and gracious spirit to those around us. We begin to show forth what the Lord is as he works in our hearts and as we spend time in his presence. As it is in the world, if we spend time with wise men, then we begin to imbibe their wisdom. If we spend time, and we know that this is true, in, somewhat in, a, in a place where their accent is different to our own, ours begins to move. Not everybody's in the same amount, but certainly with boys and girls, their accents will change. They'll be completely different. And so the more time we spend in the presence of the Lord, the more we might say our accent changes. We become more heavenly. I was just remarking the other day uh, that Josiah, uh, as he now goes to a school in a more posh area, his diction and his, uh, his um, accent has slightly changed. His accent has changed. And, and the way that he says words have changed. He's not common like us anymore. And now he's far more posh. <laughs> we need to spend time in the Lord, with the Lord. And the more time we spend with the Lord, the more gracious we are. And the more kind and the more giving we are. And those arms that we bring. And even our prayers before the Lord become less, less about ourselves. And more about the Lord and about those who have need in these days. There needs to be this secrecy then, and then also a security. A security in the Lord. Because we don't see the rewards, do we? We don't see them before they are there. The Lord doesn't say, well, if you do this, I'm going to do that. But the Lord just simply says, you will be rewarded. That the Lord will remember. Again, Matthew 6, 4. Thine arms may be in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall himself reward himself shall reward thee openly be not ye therefore like unto them verse 8 for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him and matthew uh, six eighteen, that thou appear not unto men to fast but unto thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly thy father here is our security is the lord our father well then, let's do these things before our Father. And what men say or what men think, that is not an issue to us. And then finally, the revealed power. The Apostle Paul lives in this way. And he seeks to do all things for the glory of God, not for the consumption of men. In 1 Corinthians 4, and chapter, 3, chapter 4, and verse 3, he says... But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of men's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Then shall every man have praise of God." These are the words of the Apostle. And of course the Apostle understands these things himself. That's how he's able to write them. And so he is saying, 
don't worry about what men think. That's not the important thing. What God thinks is what's important. Let's draw nigh to him and let's do all things to the glory of God. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So we have this, the recognition, first of all, the recognition of our lives needs to be from the Father, not from men. And if we are pleasing the Lord, then no doubt we will have some recognition among men also. But that's not what we're seeking. Then secondly, the revelation. The revelation, the revelation of God's blessing. Uh, Verse 18, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The rewards. Now there are rewards in this world. There are rewards as we have an open hand. Uh, My mother-in-law used to say, an open hand is a full hand. When you are ready to give, when you are ready to help, people are also willing to give to you and to help you. Uh, uh, He that hath friends must show himself friendly. Uh, And so there are open blessings which the Lord brings back to us, even within the world. The Lord will reward us openly. And again, uh, when we fast, the Lord will reward thee openly. And when we pray, the Lord knows what we have need of before we ask him. And the Lord's eye is upon us. He is watching us. Because we're not doing these things for men, we're doing it for the glory of God. And when we're doing it for the glory of God, the Lord's eye is upon us. When the Lord's eye is upon us, he hears us, he sees us, he watches us. He prepares for us. He knows what's just around the corner. And he can give it to us before it comes. And sometimes we lament. I remember my dad saying that he would uh, be seeking to save money for something or other. And uh, just as he had saved something close to what he needed to buy this thing or another, some calamity would happen. He'd have to spend a lot on something else. And uh, so he would have a lamentation because a thing that he wanted he couldn't know, could no longer buy. But when we look at that the other way around, the Lord has given him the foresight without realizing it's a foresight to save up for the calamity that was coming. And for the thing that he wanted, he didn't really need it, but he did need the funds to pay for the calamity that was coming. And he had them because the Lord had uh, had moved upon his heart to prepare, even though he didn't realize what he was preparing for. We need to see that the Lord sees beforehand what is coming and the Lord will reward us openly and finally the reward the reward itself well of course these can be various things in this world but ultimately our reward is a reward in heaven as the apostle paul said in that portion uh, that i read a little bit uh, earlier uh, he will bring to light the thing the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts and then shall every man have praise of god have praise of God. In Matthew 25, verses 34 to 36, we read, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. And they will ask, well, when did we do these things? 
the Lord, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And here is the arms doing these things that we glorify God. Nothing will be forgotten. First Peter 5, 4, when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. First Peter 1, 4 and 5, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Well, let's seek to learn the lesson then which Jesus teaches us. Let's seek to learn to do all things to the glory of God, not for the approbation of men. Let's seek to draw near to him that we might know his power and his blessing the joy of the Lord, the strength of God, uh, and increased faith in fasting, in prayer, and even in our giving and in our working. Let's do all things to the glory of the Lord.